morning really has reversed the evening service with the morning. Since tonight I was going to do the fifth commandment with regard to the children. I chose to do it this morning as we have more children present. Tonight I'll have a little focus on the Reformation theme as well as we will have it also this Tuesday, but more in a program. So tonight tied in with the sermon of the uh, evening. Now we are on the fifth commandment. Just remind ourselves the placement of the law of God is in the life of sanctification. So even the children of God who may know the work of salvation in their heart are addressed in the fifth commandment as well. You say, ah, but that's that's necessary for me. Yes, it is, of course. David was a child of God and he would disobey the fifth commandment we saw this morning. And so as we sing together, Psalter 89, ye children come, give ear to me and learn Jehovah's fear. He who would long and happy live, let him my counsel hear. It's not only applicable to children. That's typical for all of us. Adults, children, all of us. Obedience brings happiness. So we have now come together to the content that mostly is reflected in Lord's Day 39. So let's read the Lord's Day 39, question 104. And the answer, where it says, what does God require in the fifth commandment? I show all honor, love, and fidelity to my father and mother, and all in authority over me, and submit myself to their good instruction and correction with due obedience, and also patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities, since it pleases God to govern us by their hand. Now, we've we've made quite a journey to come, finally, to this aspect of the fifth commandment. Now, we started out with the authority structures that God has placed in the earth in various ways. Looked at the theology of authority. And we looked at the commandment side that is applicable to those who handle authority. Now we can spend again a whole bunch of sermons, which I am not planning to do, on those who are under authority. Yeah, I have purposely skipped Ephesians 5 about the submission of the wife to the husband. Probably we'll do that next week, Sunday evening. But since we have preparatory next week, Sunday morning, I reversed the order and do the children this morning. And then we could speak about the subjection to our government. We could speak about the subjection and honoring those in spiritual authority. There's lots of ways that the fifth commandment is penetrating or uh, throughout the entire scripture, not only to children. But that's what we look at this morning. Yeah, how does God want us to respond to authority as children? 
or as students or as participants in youth groups. Now, children, wherever you are, wherever you are under that authority, what's God wants you to do? How does God want you to handle that? Yeah, so let's let's learn together today. Let's uh, turn to Ephesians chapter six, and let's read God's word there, relating to the subject of children. Now you know this text: children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise. Beautiful. How Paul points out that this is the first commandment of the second table with promise. The promise is that it may be well with thee and that thou mayst live long on the earth. Remember, the law of God is good for us. God wants your happiness. But your happiness, children, is always connected to obedience. Yeah? And may we well with thee. This is God's purpose. He doesn't want you to have a miserable life. He doesn't want you to live your life with all the pain and sorrow that so often is felt when we don't obey authority. So what does God say? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's right. In the Lord means we are to not just look at parents. We are to look behind the parent. You today, when I led you in your youth group topic, we looked at the callings that we have in life. Remember how Luther said, every calling, no matter what it is, is God's mask. God works through every lawful calling. And therefore, every lawful calling is valuable. Well, think about your parent. Think about your teacher, children. Think about those in authority over you. What are they? They are God's mask. It's God who clothes himself with mom and dad to exercise his authority through them. It's very, very important. And God is telling us that we are to obey and honor. Verse 6, obey your parents in the Lord. Verse 2, honor your father and mother. To obey, what's that mean? You know what that means. They do what they say. Even if you don't like it. Even just not the right time in your opinion. You are to do what they say. So mom says, go do the dishes. Get up off your seat and do the dishes. 
You might not like it at that moment. But that is your duty, to obey, whether you feel or not feel like it. To obey is what we can see. Because you get up, go to the dishes. To obey is what you can hear. Yes, mom, I gladly do that. Or I do that. I will do that. So obey is what we do. The word honor is not what you see. To obey is what we see or hear. To honor, that's what God sees. That's inward. That's a spirit of respect or reverence. And mind you, that's what God looks at more than what you do or say. Yeah? Because you can say, yes, mom, I'll do that. But God says, wonder what's in his heart. And if he sees there not in cheerful obedience, he's not happy with you. Yeah? So honor and obey. Now we read this morning 1 Samuel 24. On purpose, of course. Imagine being in David's shoes. Your king's trying to kill you. You've done nothing wrong against him. You've done all things right. You've, you, you served the Lord. You obeyed him. But he's so jealous, he can't stand the sight of you. And he's going to kill you. That's David's in the cave hiding. That's a very big cave, because he's hiding way in the back. All of a sudden, he sees a shadow in the front, and there comes Saul inside the cave, and he goes take a nap. Imagine being David. David is scooting up to him, and he cuts off Saul's skirt. Now, what does that mean, Saul's skirt? Look it up. Probably meant the tassels on his robe. And they are not just tassels. They are signs of authority. Of the kingly robe. So it wasn't just cutting a little piece of his clothing. It was touching the symbol of Saul's authority. As David crawls out of that cave, back to his spot, we notice something. His conscience smites him. And David feels in his heart, I've done wrong. I've sinned. Ah, but David, you know what Saul does to you. Uh Uh-uh. I have sinned against God's mask. He is God's anointed. Even though Saul is a crooked king, a foolish king, I have touched the Lord's anointed. Now, children, I don't suspect your parents are trying to kill you when they tell you to do something. 
I don't suspect your teachers are trying to kill you when they tell you something. But this David's conscience smote him when he didn't honor God's authority. Does your conscience ever smite you? Yeah, but my Saul was a bad guy. David's conscience smote him because David realized, I touched someone God appointed above me. Let's take another example of a young man. He's 12 years old. Luke chapter 2 tells me that Jesus went down with Mary and Joseph and came to Nazareth and he was subject unto them. He was subject. The same word as submission you find in Ephesians 5. Jesus was subject. As a young man, Jesus obeyed and honored his earthly father, and mother, or earthly, his earthly mother and father Joseph. He was subject to them. It means he embraced his position underneath Mary and Joseph at 12 years of age. And he did that, mind you, till he was 30. Now that's a different culture than what we live in today. But the point is that Jesus showed respect, honored, his father and his mother. Now, mind you, Jesus knew no, he knew more than Mary. At 12 years age already, he said, Mother, didn't you know I had to be in my father's business? Jesus knew more than Mary. Jesus was conscious of his higher calling. I have to do my father's business. And though undoubtedly, Mary as a sinful woman was sometimes a grumpy mom. Maybe she sometimes has a misjudgment. Maybe she made an error. Maybe she did things wrong in his life. What do you think Jesus would have done? He recognized that Mary, his mother, and Joseph were God's masks in his life. And cheerfully... He went along to Nazareth and in obedience and respect lived his life till he was 30 years of age. So, two examples. Children, reflect for a moment on yourself this morning. How do I honor and respect my father, mother, teacher, and any other authority for you. Let's sing first. Psalter 65, verse 1. Grace and truth shall mark the way where the Lord his own will lead. 65, verse 1. We'll stand together.
Our children, I would uh, recommend you keep your psalter in your hand for a moment. And let's turn to the catechism question uh, 104, because that's such a beautiful answer on the second half of my sermon. What does to obey and honor your parents and your teachers look like? Let's just, let's just walk through that answer because it is so beautiful and complete. So there's three things this answer reminds us of. First, that we recognize that God is pleased to rule us by their hand. Yeah, look that last, that last phrase. That I will submit and honor and patiently bear and so on, since it pleases God to govern us by their hand. You see, as a parent, we didn't make ourselves parents over you. We didn't take this responsibility. We were given this as a father, as a mother, or as teachers. We are given by God the authority. It's limited by his law and his word. But it is a given. We are God's office bearers at home as a father and a mother or if teachers in a classroom or anyone who has a particular office are office bearers. They're not office bearers only in church. We call them elder, deacon, minister. Or we got office bearers at home. Husband, father and mother. And we are to Recognize that. I'll read you from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Because that is applicable to children too. Just listen. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. How? With fear and trembling. In singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not unto men. Now that's true for kids, that's true for anyone in authority. We are to do it with fear and trembling and singleness of heart, not to seek to please men, but to seek to please God. Singleness of heart, that is sincerity. With trembling and with fear. Why do I have to have that? Do I have to shake in my boots before my parents? No, that's not what God meant. God means wait. Remember who your parents are. When they give you an instruction or your teachers, who are they? God is pleased to govern through them. Fear and trembling, not to them, who stands behind them. That's God. Let me just read you something from the book of Exodus. Moses is the parent of all these people in the wilderness out there. And they're standing before Moses in the wilderness and they say 
And the whole congregation of the children murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Murmured, grumbled. And they said, would God we died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh spots. And why have you brought us here in this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger? Now, that's horrible language. Against who? Oh, it says against Moses and against Aaron. I read a little further in verse 7. And God spake, In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? We murmur against God. Moses says, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which you murmur against him. What are we? Your murmurings are not against us. They are against the Lord. Children, young men, fathers, mothers. God is listening to the murmuring of me against my government, of me against my leaders, of me against my parents. Because none of these people are governing you by their own choice. It's God who governs. Through them. So each time when I am disrespectful and disobey my parents, I am disrespectful and disobedient to God. I'm reading a little book by biography on Samuel Lam, a Chinese pastor who spent 24 years in prison. 24 years. And when I read this man's Speaking to the authorities that are imprisoning him, I feel deeply convicted. The way we speak about our government would make that man blush while they are imprisoning him for the gospel. He showed utter respect. To every one of them. You got to read books like that. To see how far off we are when we are dishonoring, disrespectful. Please. God is ruling us through them. Even when these people are like King Saul or Emperor Nero. Or the high priest that is trying to kill Paul. And when all of a sudden Paul realizes this is the high priest, he says, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have talked to you like that. Because you are anointed. Congregation. God is listening. 
So the second thing that our catechism says is that we are to show all honor, all love, and all fidelity to my father and mother and all in authority over me. I have to show honor, love, fidelity means faithfulness or loyalty. To honor, of course, is to show respect. To honor is to recognize what? The dignity of the person's office. This is God's office. If it's your mom or dad, they are clothed with the office of God. And I am to show honor first, respect. My teacher, who is in my classroom, children, he is there representing God's authority. You just can't say everything to them. Well, they may be not so kind or not so nice, or, they, or your parent may be impatient, or your parent may make a misjudgment. Stop. Well, go look at our third point in a moment. That is no excuse for me to do wrong to them. Think of David. His conscience struck him. I am to show honor and respect. I have to recognize the person's office and to treat him accordingly. No, I don't idolize the person, but I am respecting the position. To love. What does that mean, to love? To love means to do things that are loving even if you don't feel like it. Let me repeat that. To love is to do things that are loving even if you don't feel like it. To love is a sacrifice and an action therein. You may not always like what your parents ask you to do. And they don't ask you to, do, to like it. They tell you, we want you to do this. You may not say, oh, I don't like that, so I don't want to do that. You may not like it. That is your right. But you are to love your parents. And that means you do what you don't like. That's love. To love out of love to their person, do what they say. You know what it means? Remember that we looked at that a while ago. God wants you to make your parents' task a joy and easy as well. Your parents have a task to lead you and to guide you and to govern you. And now it is your task, children, to make the parent of you the task of your father and mother and your teacher, and your principal, and your whoever, make it easy for them. Yeah, but, no, 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 not, 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 no buts. God knows no buts in this law. I have to show honor and love. And true love is always costly to yourself. That may make you tired. It may make you have to stop what you enjoy doing at that moment. It may mean indeed that you have to sacrifice. 
It may mean a lot of things. Love, usually when it is exercised, is costly. But it's like an investment. It pays back. You know that children at home, when you are joyfully embracing what mom and dad tell you, it pays back, doesn't it? It really makes mom and dad much happier. And when they're happier, you know it's going to benefit you too. It works both ways, doesn't it? And then thirdly, the words fidelity. I have to show honor, love, and fidelity to my father and mother and all that are above us. Fidelity means to be loyal. That means to defend them. When they fail, or when they're weak, or when they're tired, or when they're old. Old, yeah. Of course. When you were young, your mom and dad gave up to sleep for you. They paid lots of money for you, fed you, clothed you, took you on holidays, paid for this, paid for that. There comes a time your mom and dad are old. Then it's your turn to take care of them. 1 Timothy 5 verse 4, that we are to show piety at home and we are to requit our parents. That means pay back. For that is good and acceptable before God. That's fidelity. Now, before we sing one more time, there's one exception. You don't always have to obey your parents. In chapter X and chapter 5 of X, verse 19, we read Peter, God's servant, saying to the authorities in his son, in his sign, when he says, we have to be obedient to God above you. Um, I can't find that verse now, but it's just there somewhere. You could find it yourself today. It's in Acts 5 or maybe Acts 6. No, Acts 5 somewhere. But anyway, Peter is told he can't preach about Jesus. And he turns around and he says to the authorities, he says, I have to obey God above you. So you are allowed Children, you are allowed to disobey your parents when your parents disobey or, no, no, let me rephrase that. You must disobey your parents when they ask you to disobey or to dishonor God. Let's imagine if your parents say, I want you to go steal out of a new world. Because we don't have money for bread, you go on in there and sneak your bread out of there. You can disobey him then. You must disobey him then. When he tells you to cheat or to lie or to curse or not read your Bible, you may and must disobey them. When they ask you to do sinful things with your body, they want to see your private parts. Or they want to touch your private parts. Or they want to show you their nakedness. To do sexual things with you. You are to disobey them. Absolutely. That's not a no, that's a no no. Parents are not allowed to do that. And if they threaten you, 
And if they say, now don't you ever talk about us because I will know where to find you. Don't be afraid. Find someone. Teacher, pastor, elder. Go talk. Don't let anybody touch you. In a ungodly way. And don't be afraid. Those are all empty threats. By which they want to keep their sin hidden. So that you can disobey. And parents, before we sing, have you taught your children how to disobey? Now that's time a strange thing for a pastor to say. But have you taught your children how to disobey when Sinful things are commanded or done to them. That is the best way to protect them against abuse. So let's do our last point after we sing one more Psalter verse. Psalter 325 verse 1. Teach me, O Lord, thy way of truth, and from it I will not depart. 325 verse 1. So let's listen one more time to this answer. What does God require of us children in the fifth commandment and of all those in authority? All show honor, love, fidelity to my father and mother and all in authority over me and submit myself to their good instruction and correction with due obedience and also patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities, since it pleases God to govern us by their hand. So that's the third five, that we are to patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities. I'm sure as a child, you can list a few of the weaknesses of your parents and of your teachers. Right? You can list a few of their infirmities, undoubtedly. You might dwell a lot on them. Oh, how bad they are. How this and how that. And there is no doubt about it. I'm a parent, children. That's a tough job. I've done it for 33 years, I think. I still don't know how to do it well. Someday, you'll be parent. And you look back at your mom and dad and you say, I wonder how they did it. Well, 
they still don't think they did very well. Fathers and mothers, teachers, have a lot going on in their life that you don't see. But they're also indeed sinners, just like you. None of them are perfect. And yet God gave me the task to be a father, to be a husband. Gave it to your parents, gave it to your teachers in the school. And God didn't all of a sudden push the magic button and turn them into a perfect saint. No. They also are sinners. Sometimes they don't have the right understanding. Sometimes they are not as smart as you are. Sometimes they have not as many abilities as you as a child may have. Sometimes they have some unpleasant character traits. Maybe very impatient, nervous, unsure. Now here's a big one. Maybe your parents came also out of a family that wasn't easy to grow up in. And they've taken along what they grew up with in their parenting job or mistaking along a lot of good things. And yet, they're your parent. And what is now God asking you? That you patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities. Shall Shall I put it in a positive way? That you make it for them easy and joyful to be your parent. From time to time they fail. Yes. They may overestimate your ability in what they require. And they may get frustrated with you because you don't do it the right way. But that's wrong of a parent to overestimate. Or sometimes they have unholy anger and they flare up and they they lose control and they say things or do things are not right. Not right. And sometimes they make a misjudgment and they incorrectly look at the situation and they punish you while your other brother really is at fault. Right. They make mistakes. They're not perfect. They're tired sometimes. Sometimes they they just have had it. Yes, they can be selfish. Yes, they can be disrespectful too, to you. That's right. They can do all the sins that you as a child are capable of doing. But yet, that doesn't give you the right to break the fifth commandment on your side of it. See, Saul did everything wrong. And yet, notice when David saw him, what did he do? He went on the ground and he bowed. Before that man. Now that was a Bible time custom of showing respect. And I saw that this week when I looked at that passage. I picture in my mind King Saul standing a little distant. 
And I pictured David bowing down and sharing his sorry. Children, let's learn from David. Though your father and mother fail, doesn't give you the right to disrespect them, speak ill of them. It is God's will you honor them with loving faithfulness. Remember, the God's mask, but the imperfect mask. The imperfect. But I know they mean well. They want well. Your teachers, your parents love you and seek to do the best for you. But remember, some of them find it difficult to do their job. Not just only because you are difficult, but also because they don't have everything in their toolbox to be the parent that God calls them to do. Will you help them? No, children, it's not always easy to respect or to love and to obey. I know that. It's not always easy. But let's try. Let's bring it on your knees, saying, Lord, help me. And if this morning your conscience has pinched you somewhat, and this has shown you area of repentance about your attitude, about your words spoken, about your angry or hateful feeling towards your parents or your teachers or your leaders in church or state. Now let's be like David. He confessed it. He's man enough to own his sin. And maybe, maybe we have to go home today and face our authorities, our parents, Maybe tomorrow our teachers, just privately, say, I'm sorry. I felt it this morning. I've wronged you as my parent or as a teacher. I've wronged you. Maybe us older ones think back today. Maybe we parent ourselves. Maybe we have to make some journey back as well. Face our own parents, if they're still alive. It's never too late to make things right. But let our speaking conscience lead to our lip-speaking confession. It's like the prodigal son. Children, remember as he came back? Came back to his father. What did he say to his father? Listen well, Father, I have sinned against heaven. He did his father a lot of wrong, didn't he? He did so wrong. But he realized when he hit his father, he hit God. When he disrespected his father, 
he disrespected heaven. He understood his father was God's representative. So let's go home. Let's do the work needed, what he did. And I am sure, children and students, when you so approach your authorities, you would find them embracing you likewise. And if not, then pray for them that they may have something of the heart of Jesus to take you back as you confess your sin. Amen. Let's pray. Beloved God, we have our homework today. There's all kinds of examples in which we fail to show honor and love and fidelity to those whom thou hast placed in authority over us, in, in our family, in our church, in our nation. We may have reasoned our sins away. But help us to remember that they are not away from thy sight. We may have felt justified, Lord, in our responses, in our words spoken, in our attitudes nursed in our heart. But we are not justified in thy sight. Therefore we pray, Lord God, that I would use this teaching of this commandment in our lives to make us the prodigal, to return unto thee, first of all, and to all those whom thou hast blessed us with as the ambassadorial authorities over us as parents and teachers. Yes, Lord, thou knows how many of us have failed our children and our students, and how many of us may feel pained and shamed and hurt and disrespected by our authorities. But bless us with this mind of David. Help us, O gracious God, to live according to thy will and thy ways. And so bless us all as we go from this place again today. Bless our day. And look upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.